0: And I'd like to welcome you to the first episode of a new podcast called Teen Titan Wasteland Every week we are going to tackle a new Teen Titans episode By which I mean a very old Teen Titans episode We're going to start from the beginning of the series and actually with their first appearance in The Brave and the Bold The format of the show is going to be I'm going to give a brief synopsis of the comic book And then my brother is going to come over and probably have a couple of beers and we're going to talk about it Why Teen Titans you might very well ask Well, that's a hell of an attitude, mister, but I'll indulge you just this once. The reasons are myriad. They range from the mundane to the fantastical. First off, from a practical standpoint, I have all of the issues, which will make it a lot easier to do. I could have gotten a collection of them, a compendium, uh, and I may at some point to supplement it, but I feel like you miss something of the experience if you're not actually leafing through the thing, and you don't get to see the ads, and it's usually not in color, so I wanted to do something that I had all the issues of. The other reason, and really the more important, one is the Teen Titans is batshit fucking crazy and I love it. Let's see how to best sum it up. It's a comic book that is written by middle-aged men about teenagers, and at least early on, to appeal to preteens. And it creates a mishmash of really weird stuff. Generally, the writers are pretty bad at writing teenage dialogue in a way that I think is hilarious, uh, and just charming and a lot of fun to read. The other reason is, and really the real reason is, at one point in this comic series, I promise you, a unpowered teenager beats the crap out of an archangel, for which he is rewarded with a magical shofar, a ram's horn, which whenever he blows it gives him magic powers. Also, he decides to play that shofar in a band in nightclubs, which is pretty awesome, and that kind of is an overview of what I love about this series. So, with little further ado, in fact... None of it. Uh, I'm going to launch into the synopsis of the Teen Titans' very first appearance way back in 1964 in a book called The Brave and the Bold number 54. SYNOPSIS! The recently peaceful town of Hatton Corners is experiencing a crisis that shakes them to their very core. The local teens want a clubhouse. The adults in town don't much care for teens, because teens are the worst. Both sides feel very strongly about the issue, strong enough that they hold meetings and make signs. The teens are threatening to go on strike. This is a huge news story which causes headlines in Gotham City, Central City, and the ocean floor. The teens appeal to Robin, Kid Flash, and Aqualad to intercede on their behalf. Their respective mentors allow them to go, but not without making a few comments about what pieces of shit teenagers are. Duly noted. When the teen heroes arrive in Hatton Corners, the barn that the local teens have arranged to have their meeting at has been raised the destroyed kind, not the Amish kind, and all of the teens are missing. A note, allegedly from the missing teens, was found announcing their departure. The grown-ups are convinced that the teens have made good on their threat to strike, but our heroes aren't so certain. You see, although the note was written using slang and did contain a rhyme, which teens love, some of the verbiage wasn't cool enough for Robin's taste. So our heroes split up to find the missing teens. Well, Kid Flash is running around real fast, and Aqualad is asking the fish for clues. A tornado strikes Hatton Corners. Robin shoves all of the adults into a bank vault to save them, but gets caught up in the Twister himself. Turns out that this is no ordinary tornado, but is the handiwork of one Mr. Twister, a guy who is dressed like the town drunk from Plymouth Plantation, carrying a stick covered with feathers and wearing a cape made out of passenger pigeon feathers. It's a pretty distinct look, and not one that inspires a lot of confidence. Kid Flash shows back up in town and saves Robin from the tornado, but Mr. Twister shoots him with lightning, which is apparently another thing he can do. The adults recognize Mr. Twister as the local awesomely named no-goodnik Brom Stick with two Ks. Brom cackles a bit, threatens the town, and then disappears in a tornado. The adults all think about how, even though the teens are a total pain in the ass, they aren't that bad and they kind of miss them. Then they snap out of their revere long enough to fill in our heroes on some backstory. Back when the town was founded, the land was bought from one Jacob stick with two Ks. Brahms great great whatever. As a stipulation in the contract, the town was to give Jacob and his descendants one passenger pigeon feather a year. If the town forfeited, the sticks with two Ks got the services of the town's youth for one year. Creepy. The Hatton Corners founder signed the contract then forgot about it because passenger pigeon feathers were super common because passenger pigeons were everywhere and manifest destiny and whatever. Then just last week, Brahm shows up, claiming to be the last stick with 2K's scion, and he wants his back rent. The mayor laughed at him and told him to fuck right off. I mean, honoring land use contracts and treaties would be downright un-American. So our heroes use some radar, and they track Mr. Stick to nearby Goat Island. Then they ride there on a giant manta ray, because of course they ride there on a giant manta ray. When they get to Goat Island, they find that Brahm has put the local teens to work as slave labor to build him a giant statue of a tornado. Because when you're on a barren island, what it really needs is more statues. The teenagers hate this shit and miss their parents. One of them tries to throw a rope at their cruel overlord, but Brahm is not having any of it and throws it right back at him. Then he jumps on a boat, which he rides into a vortex into the middle of the ocean to recharge his powers. Before he leaves, he yells at the teenagers and tells them to finish the giant statue. But little does Brahm know that his boat has a robin-shaped stowaway. It's Robin. Back on Goat Island, Kid Flash finishes building the statue with his super speed so that the kids won't get into trouble, which is really nice of him, but it turns out it was a total waste of time because Aqualad summons a pod of whales who pick up the whole island and move it to where Brom can't find it. He shoves it back to the mainland of wherever the hell Hatton Corners is. Kid Flash is all pissed off because all the girls like Aqualad, which is awesome because why wouldn't all the girls love Aqualad? He's like Aquaman but smaller, and with brown hair. Robin finds Brom through a vortex to a cave, where he finds out that Brom's powers come from soaking his magic stick in a Native American potion that he found there. They fight, and it goes poorly for Robin. Brom decides it's time to go check on how his teenage slaves are going, and uh, he finds that the island is gone. That really pisses him off, so he decides to wreck the town. He makes a sandstorm, which Kid Flash ruins, and then he tries to flood the town, but fortunately Aqualad rides in on a narwhal and uses its horn to drill a drain in the floor of the town. Because Aqualad is awesome, and no wonder all the girls love him. Mr. Twister's had enough. He first he starts a fire that's uh, big enough to burn down the whole town, and then he lightnings Aqualad and Kid Flash real good, and they hate that. Robin uses a combination of a fire truck and a bat rope to steal Brom's magic stick and destroys it. Now Brom has no powers, and his stupid tricorner corner hat falls off, revealing that he is bald. What a loser. Now the good people of Hat and Corners can go back to ignoring their legal obligations. The town people all make friendlier picket signs about each other. Hooray! Clubhouses for everyone. End. Brave and the Bold. Number 54. Written by Bob Haney and... Drotted... By Bruno Premiani. And that was the Teen Titans first appearance. Joining me now is my brother, Corey. Say hello, Corey. Hey, everybody. That's my brother. Corey is probably, I think it's fair to say, a less avid comic book reader than myself. Mostly you read comics in like the 80s, I think. That's a fair. A little bit up into the 90s, but yes. Okay. But really not too much of like older stuff like this. Correct. Cool. What'd you think?
1: I thought that this was a trip. Straight out, wondering if the people that were writing this book were, you know, on drugs, or if that was just how things were done in 1964. I think
0: it's really more of a how things, that's how things were done in 1964. Yeah, when this came out, Bob Haney was about 40 years old, Mm. and writing dialogue for teenagers, and doing that kind of a job about it. And that's uh, one of the things I wanted to talk about that I thought was great is Okay, first of all, it is fun when he tries to use, like, teenage slang and stuff. Right. I think it's funnier how he writes the grown-ups. Like, he doesn't know how adults talk either. No, they're they're even more square than... Yeah, my, my favorite, favorite scene in it is... Well, I love all of the signs that everybody makes that they keep bringing to meetings. Right. The best one, I think, is a grown-up holding up a sign that says, More chores, less play. That was a good one, for sure. Yep, teens
1: toe the line was (sighs) was also a powerful message.
0: If only they would. If only they would. And I really like the idea of teenagers going on strike.
1: Yeah, well, what else are you going to do when they're not going to build your super awesome teen clubhouse?
0: What would would teens going on strike, what kind of activities would they be not doing? Like, just like, no eye-rolling... Yeah, no
1: sarcastic remarks, but, you know, I think that was that was good foreshadowing for, you know, the void that was left <laughs> when, you know, the soda jerk didn't have any
0: customers. Maybe I'm skipping ahead here. but Well, what I like to think is that I, I wish the teens had actually gone on strike because I wonder if they would have brought in scabs. Because, like, <laughs> normally I would not cross a picket line. I'm very pro-union. But if I could get a job as a teen... Just being a teen, I think I would go for it. I think I have a lot of experience that I could bring to the situation. Yeah, the pay's not great, but you, no. could, you could have a good time with it. Well, and I think that I would do a good enough job that after they brought back the real teens, they would probably keep me on for a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was another the uh, the note that Brom leaves. Ah, yes, is, is is one of my favorite things that happened. I was, I gotta say, I was kind of anticipating that we would have to wait a couple issues in for things to get kind of wacky, but it pretty much starts off batshit crazy from the beginning.
1: Yeah, weird from the get-go.
0: Yeah, the note that Mr. Twister leaves when he is pretending to be a teen. (laughs) All us cats decided to slip. Until to the jive, you get. Uh, no, I'm uh, oh. oh, I'm sorry. Oh, talking God. like a teenager, Hope. Man, I—that's I, too teenager. That's what he should have said. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'll start over. <laughs> yeah, try again. All us cats decided to slip. <laughs> until to the music, you get hip. That's it. Build us a clubhouse. <laughs> <laughs> I like that it ends in an ultimatum. Yeah. And I love. There's a lot. First of all, Robin sees through that immediately. He's like, dude, that is not what teenagers talk like. What teenagers talk like is all us cats decided to skip until to the jive you get hip. Because that's what they called music. Right. right. Build a nineteen sixty four. Well, I think that's something that one could get hip to.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It could be could uh, more so than one would get hip to the music. One would get hip to the jive. Uh, sure. Just a thing in general. But I love that he's like, that's what teenagers really talk like. And I like that Aqualad is there, and a little bit of background, Aqualad was raised on, like, not even in Atlantis. He was basically, like, a feral child who was left out in the wild of Atlantis. Mm. But he's sitting right next to Robin going like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, that's what teens talk yeah, about. Yeah, we said that, too. And, Yeah, we, <laughs> see, we say that all the time <laughs> in Atlantis. And I just love that he's just like, oh, shit, I don't know what he's talking about, but I'm just going to nod and be like, oh, 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 of course, Robin, yeah,
1: yeah. of course. Yeah, he's kind of a yes man, which is a little bit disappointing because you know I wanted him to be
0: a little cooler. Hey, he's pretty cool. Okay, all the ladies love him. That is true. He rides a fucking narwhal. Yeah. When he's not riding a giant manta ray, he talks to his fishy friends. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not disparaging his abilities. Like we do find out later, he's afraid of schools of fishes. Uh, I didn't know that. No, no, it comes out later in 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 future issues. So it's it's a spoiler alert. Well, it is when you're you know. Your power is to talk to fishes and you live under the water. I also liked the fact that Aquaman warns him in like the first couple of pages like, oh, and by the way, uh, make sure that you're not out of water for more than an hour or you'll die. He's like, yeah, yeah, I know.
1: That was actually stressful for me because I was like, "Oh my god, he's like gonna want to hang out with his on land friends and he's gonna suffocate and it's gonna be tragic." But then, like right away, he gets
0: back into the water. They so was, it, they really cool. seemed like they just skipped over that. Like it's mm-hmm. they set it up like it's the gun in the first act of a play, right? Yeah. And then it's like, oh yeah, and then that just guy just has a gun the whole time, never yeah. fires. Yeah, him. don't worry about that. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. Yeah. So
1: uh, yeah, the setting of this, I think we we didn't really talk about that, but. It has this real, like, old-timey, like, New England feel. Like, you know, the names, like, remind me, like, Massachusetts or, you know,
0: somewhere on the, the northeastern seaboard. Well, the Hatton Corners mm-hmm. thing. Well, there's that, and there's the fact that the main villain, Brom, which the Brom thing, the only person I've ever heard named Brom was Brom Bones from mm-hmm. the Headless Horseman mm-hmm. tale. Mm-hmm. I, that's not the name of it. What's it? Ichabod. Ichabod Crane. Crane. Brown bones, brown bones, yeah. Ichabod Crane and brown bones, an time. you know that that old tale. Yeah, um, brown yeah. bones and Ichabod. It's Crane a New England a, thing. Ha, you know, have have a time. Know. It does make it seem more like old timey and colonial, right? Yep. And they never explain why he's dressed like that, except for just I guess, to prove that he's it's a descendant. I I well see that was another thing that was like maybe a plot hole
1: where there seemed to be a missing time machine or a portal or or something because i really don't understand how after well he does sail a magic ship into a
0: portal but well, it's I mean, more of a vortex I mean, than a portal yeah. i'm sorry
1: yeah yeah that could that to could that could cave. be you know i didn't i didn't really connect the dots there but it does seem pretty <laughs> weird that like this like super old timey dude with like this weird ass like almost pimp style feather cape
0: did wait did pimps wear feather capes i don't know all the time guy, Cork, Corey. Okay. pimps wear feather capes every day it seems like pimps. yeah Stuff. That that was what they did. Yeah. And well and he's kind of got like a scepter. Like pimp what <laughs> <laughs> had scepters and feathered kings. I might be mixing up pimps and kings. It's a possibility. <laughs> I thought it was Ermine at first, but then it didn't have any dots. You know? Right, right. So. I don't know why he is dressed like that and why he's dressed like that so badly.
1: Deadless can we talk about that, this dude? Yeah, absolutely. Minute? Like what a fucked up looking character. There's a panel in there that like zooms in on his face when he's pissed off. And I was like, holy shit, this is, like, Willem Dafoe with, like, seriously dilated pupils, like, he's dropped a few, and missing teeth, mm-hmm. and, like, he's a he's scary like, looking guy. Well, he's, like,
0: across, like, he's dressed like an old town crier, mostly, but then his face looks like an old prospector. Like, they make sure they've always got, like, five o'clock shadow on him, mm-hmm. and he's missing teeth. Mm-hmm. And those town people totally fucking owe him those passenger pigeon feathers, Mm -hmm. or the slavery of their teens. They signed a fucking contract. It never gets addressed the fact that they're just like, yeah, well, we're not going to honor this contract. It's stupid. And he's not a sympathetic character. Well, he's not a sympathetic character, but I think he's been driven mad by the inhumanity of the town of Hatton Corners. Well, yeah, you know, those teens. (laughs) (laughs) I really enjoyed all of the teen, grown-up, interplay dynamics it's really nice it reminds me i think it feels like the whole issue was like the precursor and possibly the inspiration for wild in the streets have -hmm. you ever seen that that does, uh, Like the Circle Jerks record? No, not the Circle Jerks record. <laughs> yeah, although that too. <laughs> but no, there was a movie that was uh, the, the voting age is lowered to 14. Um, oh, and so good. then that's... a teenage president gets elected. Sounds it was like... actually the inspiration for my favorite comic book series. One of my favorite comic book series ever, Prez, the first teenage president. Yeah, what could go wrong? Yeah, nothing. <clears throat> Prez, great comic book series. He was an awful president. Weird. Like, they don't... <laughs> He's supposed he to be the hero to in it, to but jive yeah, all we can talk about... <laughs> it. He just wanted people to get hip to his jive, and they wouldn't. They wanted to get hip to his music because they were too old. That's
1: uh, that's the problem. You know, there's a generational gap that, that's addressed, <laughs> I think, <laughs> cuz you gotta take in a, the historical context of this this is like you know mid right just like mid 60s right which yeah is when all early this countercultural 60s. stuff was starting to happen it,
0: it's it's like they're just like we need to do something about the civil rights issues that are facing yeah. america right now who is the most oppressed minority that we have it's yeah teens it's the white teens, teens from new, white new England teens teens coastal, coastal town <laughs> <laughs>
1: wanting clubhouses oh man not working enough
0: <laughs> you know that's not doing their chores and playing they're playing too much they're playing too much not enough chores no play i really want <laughs> to have a t-shirt that's more, <laughs> more chores, chores less play, play. <laughs> and just maybe start carrying a picket board around uh i i feel like the poster board industry has fallen on tough times i feel like this was their like boomtown time when anybody, yeah. ever anybody had an opinion about anything they're like well let's make our signs go to the meeting yep there's probably warehouses just full of these waiting uh, wait, you know signs waiting to happen. I would love to find that warehouse mm-hmm. if fucking Brom Stick hadn't taken I'm sorry Brom Stick is so much cooler a name than Mr. Twister yeah but, you know, he did summon a mean Twister. He, he did. But Mr. Twister makes it sound like he should be either an eighty super group comprised of members of Twisted Sister and Mr. Mister. Oh, my um, God. <laughs> <laughs> that was so good that didn't happen, though. <laughs> yeah, it's probably for the best. But, or, like, <laughs> a guy who's really good at playing Twister. <laughs> like, just a super right. limber guy. Like the guy from Street Fighter the, <sighs> who has the Yoga Fire. Yeah, like he guy. could have been called Mr. Twister mm-hmm. if he decided to play twister more. Yeah, it um well he controls the weather he controls the weather and like Mr. Weather doesn't really have a, a there's so many guys who control the weather in comic books though there's the weather wizard mm-hmm. there's storm mm-hmm. that's two there's two guys who control the weather i feel like there are others but, that's but they're not one leaping to mind <laughs> right now well including mr twister we got three that's <laughs> that brings the, the number to at least 3 <laughs> yeah there's at least three people that control the weather <laughs> that's too many it's it, it's yeah you shouldn't yeah although he does i believe he predates uh at
1: least Storm. Yeah. Um, I would like to see him and Storm have a fight. And that would be delightful. She would destroy him. So bad. Step one.
0: Punch his stick.
1: Yeah. Well, again, not a sympathetic character. It looks like tripping balls,
0: Willem Dafoe, missing teeth. <laughs> like, you kind of want to see the guy. He's got a cravat. Get his... He's making an effort. That's, yeah. I appreciate that he's making an effort. And you may not find him that sympathetic. But I do feel bad for him because the town really has screwed him over. He. he There's no argument to the fact that he Mm -hmm. is owed these things, and their whole thing is, yeah, well, I don't have it, so I'm going to try to arrest you. Yeah.
1: (laughs) So he's got tortoise shell or uh,
0: turtle shells, and he's got some feathers on. He's got some feathers, but I don't think the feathers are necessarily the source of the power. Mm. Like I don't know why he needs the passenger pigeon feathers. I don't know why his great great great. Great grandpa needed the passenger pigeon feathers.
1: It's like something, it's something like Native American, like uh, is part of know. part of the mojo. Yeah, yeah,
0: that, that that happened back then. Oh yeah. Okay. So, uh, who who's your favorite team Titan so far? You know, I, I
1: I'm gonna have to say it's uh it's Kid Flash because of his that's what he's called, right? Kid yeah, Flash. he's Kid Flash. It's what I like about Kid Flash is that whenever he's doing anything, he verbalizes. The explanation for what's happening. For example, when the first of the promised threats, which I somehow missed being promised
0: before, but apparently were promised threats from Mr. Twister. Yeah, I actually missed the part where he promised them too, but then I did catch when they all said that he promised them. Yeah, apparently he did. Like, yeah, okay. So this dude said, like, I'm going to first throw a giant, huge cloud of yellow dust on your town. He was very specific with the color scheme of them too. Mm -hmm. Because it was... Yellow dust, and then a giant green cloud that just made water come out of it. Like, but... It could have just okay. been a regular
1: cloud. So we're sorry, getting,
0: we're getting, sorry, we're getting, I'm we're getting getting hump
1: hump off, off, off topic. Yeah, no, but, it's... But, I mean, there's, okay, so there's three threats, and the first of which is, like, I'm going to yeah, dust yellow the shit dust. out of your town. Yeah. You guys are going to hate dust. Yeah, it's, it's the worst. I don't tough. like dust, I'm allergic to it. Yeah, me too, it makes me sneeze. Yeah, it's like allergies, people had allergies back then. But, um, but Kid Flash is like, dude, I know, I'm fast, man, and... I'm going to run, and it's actually really good that he explained this to the readers for out sure. loud, for no reason, you know, that, like, I run so fast, it's going to make a, a vortex, and then, you know, the little, like, nor- narration square, I don't know what you call that, in the caption, caption box, but the caption box that comes up as, like, like, a super speed vacuum cleaner, you know, Kid Flash runs through, and the dust just follows them all, and he's such, like, a good little Samaritan that, like... He doesn't just, like, run to the edge of town or to the next town and just leave this giant fucking pile of dust on the next town. He finds a place that wants the dust. There's literally a sign that says, Phil wanted. <laughs> a lead. swamp. Yeah. Yeah. It's perfect. Yeah.
0: And he just leaves the giant All he has to do is destroy a wetland. It, yeah. But it's a wetland that nobody wanted. Nobody They even... like dry land. Yeah. You know, and they got to build more. Uh, he could have just taken house. the dust to Goat Island. Nobody's using Goat Island. I don't even Did think there are any goats Goat there. know Island was at this point? Well, you yeah, would have to get over yeah. the water to do that, though. No, because because Aqualad dragged it to land.
1: Oh, yeah. We should probably explain that, because that was some serious shit with his herd of whales.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's why that brings it to my favorite Teen Titan, which is Aqualad. He is, he, so far, anyway, he, you he know, we're going to meet some more Teen Titans. But uh, yeah. I like it. Like, like I said earlier, I like the fact that he pretended to know what Robin was talking about. And also, I gotta just say it, Robin seems like kind of an asshole. I think he's overcompensating he's, for, not yeah, he's totally powers, complex, like, for not having any powers,
1: but like... Yeah, he's powers.
0: definitely got a, a, a little man complex about yeah. not having powers, and he does a pretty good job for the most part. For a teenager. Yeah, for a teenager. Yeah. God, I wish he'd do more chores. Stop playing on it. I like that he's just like, yeah, oh, yeah, we all use slang like that at the bottom of the ocean, too. I feel like Aquaman's probably kind of a dick to him. He was the harshest of the, like, the parental critiques that each of the three Teen Titans got. Although, really, all three of them did start off by just being, like, reading the headlines of wherever. I think the Flash's headline was on the side of a building, which didn't make a ton of sense to me. Maybe it was, like, a stock ticker or something. (laughs) But it looked like the headline was carved into the side of a building. But it, it, that was, they all responded by pretty much immediately just being, like, God, teens, they're the worst, aren't they? Despite the fact that they all had teenagers in the room.
1: And all of the teenagers had the same response, which is that, like, you just don't understand. You've forgotten that
0: you were ever young.
1: Yeah, you were a teenager once.
0: Yeah. But mostly I love Aqualad because um, he rides a giant manta ray around. He talks to fishes. He rides a narwhal into town and uses it to drill a hole into the town's floor to drain all the water. Which must have totally fucked up their sewer system. I don't think that's how floods work. How did he know there was aquifers? He's Aqualad. Oh, if it's got Aqua in the name, he he's at least a little bit. Doesn't even need him to his jive. Yeah, or he maybe he asked them. Yeah, that's that's mostly. I I was still worried the whole time that he was going to run out of air. I know, and they never even brought up the fact. I think he stayed in water for most of the adventure. Mm -hmm. It's convenient. I think maybe Bob Haney had something in mind that he was going to do with it, and then just forgot or ran out of time because Mm. a ton. I feel like happened in this issue. That was pretty short where not a ton happened oh sure i don't understand why the cloud had to be green that brought floods it could have just been because cloud- rain rain cloud- rain clouds are green are they <laughs> 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 fuck you <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I was about to believe you. That means, uh, well, that I was—I'm very sincere. You're, you're my older brother. Yeah. I take
1: your word on these things. It doesn't look like that from the ground, <laughs> on account of the atmosphere. But...
0: Right, but when you get up high enough, yeah, yeah. Uh, I liked that uh, Mr. Twister wanted to build a giant statue of a tornado. I—I would have thought he would have wanted to build a statue to himself, but I like that he wasn't mm-hmm. like just like a narcissist in that regard he's just like no you're going to build me a statue of something i think is awesome uh,
1: i don't know i i think there there is still a, a, a degree of megalomania to it where like you know that's his totem storm
0: yeah uh, I, representation i guess it's
1: his name Mr. Twister his name is Mr.
0: Twister it's when I was writing the synopsis of it I kept wanting to shorten it to Mr. T and then I was like no that's just (laughs) going to be confusing that's going to confuse me when I'm taking notes Uh I'll be like wait Mr. T's in this adventure now I'm very excited yeah I do have a comic book that Mr. T is in Mr. T and the T-Force that sounds kind of awesome drawn by Neil Adams it's pretty bad but the artwork's great good yeah was there anything else you wanted to talk to Cockbad we have had a couple of drinks (laughs) Was there anything else you wanted to talk about in about the issue? Like the drunk history of comic books. A little
1: bit. <laughs> we didn't we didn't get through all of the threats. Okay. Which Alleged threats, I guess, because we never heard them made in the first place. But oh, so there earth. was the, there's dust, there's <laughs> earth, earth wind, earth, and, wind and, fire. and fire. We're gonna bring some disco music in and, here, and, and then
0: your if, if you're still not done, <laughs> the Tower of Power horn. Uh, <laughs> and then your teens are gonna freak the fuck out. Oh, no, and they're not ready for it. More. It's gonna be like that scene in Back to the Future where he starts playing Jimi Hendrix music, yeah. and and they don't know what to no, do. They're gonna lose their shit. Yeah. They're not ready for it.
1: No. Okay. So we had a large yellow cloud that deposited a shitload of dust, and that right. was awful. But but aqua, um, the uh, Kid, Kid flash, flash took care of it.
0: Sure. We
1: had um, the giant, like bucketful size of rains that came from the green cloud that um, that the Aquaboy. Aqua Aqu- Lad, give him his due. Is it Aqua Lad? It's Aqua Lad. Oh, sorry, Aqua Lad. He's he's cool. I like him. Yeah, he's and then, pretty good guy. And then, but, like, the last, and, he, he, you know, that was kind of the, the whole, like, dynamic that this thing is setting up is getting back to, like, the little man syndrome that... Sure. that
0: Roman It is helped. also, both of those things, like, sand storms happen, rain certainly happens, those are both weather happen. things. Yeah, that's
1: a legitimate thing. Like, at the, first... The, the
0: third one, th- he brings down a rain of fire. A rain of fire, so, yeah. So, fuck it, he, he could just do anything. Like, maybe the weather-based stuff is, like, a mental block that he has. Yeah. Because it seems like that staff, pretty much whatever he wants it to.
1: Yeah, I you know if I was like a bad guy that could control the weather, I think I would have fucked shit up way more than this did. Yeah, this, this guy did. But well, I, but
0: but my point. I'd say twenty twenty. He I, did a pretty good job. It's and he's probably still, I think, from the past. I don't think he's from the past. I think there's
1: a whole time travel dimension to this that's never explained. Because where did he get those fucking clothes, man? Did he was, he was one of those guys that worked, worked at, at like yes. Plantation. Yes. He was yes. yeah, an enactment guy, and he got so sick of people coming up to him and being like, "Whoa, like how did you guys like what did you use to measure flour with?" No, people
0: probably. Never asked <laughs> that's, that. that's why you think they big question when you went to the. Well, what did, did you, the blacksmith? What did you measure flour
1: with? <laughs> well, you know they had they didn't have they had recipes right? Like, they had recipes. Like a cup of flour. I think they probably had measuring cups. No, they, I don't think so. I think it was like literally like you take a, <laughs> a cup or <of> whatever <laughs> cup you had, and you got the you made this pie dough, and you're like, dude, you know Mrs.
0: Mary down the street makes <laughs> terrible pies, <laughs> <ice."> like. <laughs> So your country, that's like if topic. you get stabbed, if you get trapped in the past, <laughs> yeah, your contribution to a future technology because I always worry, like I don't know how TV works, I don't know how any of these things do. Like if I'm a Connecticut Yankee in King Arthur's court, I can't do anything that's fucking useful. You'd bring measuring cups. I would establish <laughs> units and measurements in a in a in a. I
1: think they had units a... of measurement. I don't think so. I think in they were so busy fleeing the Church of England that they got on the boat and they put all their beer. On oh, their, so you think they,
0: they had them, but they just left them at home when they left England? I, people were eating off daggers and shit back then. They didn't even have forks. They didn't have forks yet. That's true. Okay. 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 If they didn't have forks. They probably didn't have a set of measuring cups. See, I just bring them forks. What? Okay, Okay. okay. So- <laughs> Yeah, I think you think he's maybe from the past. he got worried. He, 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 you were saying he was maybe worked at like a reenactment village and got tired of people asking him what they use for units of measurement. Well, <laughs> oh, that was, that's the revised. <laughs> I thought he was from the past. Okay. I don't Previously. think he's from, I don't think he's from the past. I think he, maybe he's like a tea party guy. And he, like, dressed <laughs> up that way for that reason. <laughs> that could be. I mean, he's kind of deranged. He's got that weird, like, old-timey Walter Brennan thing, yeah, which I think the Tea Party yeah. would be into. Yeah, and he's like, uh, ra- ra- well, ra- ra- I don't ra- know, ra- you guys, you're crazy machines. I don't care for tea. <laughs> yeah, stop all the taxes. Yeah, so that's what I think his deal is. He was, he was a, yeah, yeah. He was a Tea Party. <laughs> yeah, right. That is, uh the Brave and the Bold number 54. You'll come back next week and we'll do a, I think it's Brave and the Bold 60. Looking forward to it. Me too. Thanks everybody. Thanks for joining us. And uh, I hope you enjoyed our podcast. Bye. Bye. And they know it.